remember, I'm doing all these psychic readings, and I am the closest thing to Ghostbusters that Nebraska's got, <laughs> other than Psychic Susanna. Yeah. And so I'm getting people telling me they're coming in my office, and I'm hearing about cattle mutilations, and I'm hearing about alien encounters, and I'm hold on. So and then let me, you now, know, now you're learning that at your shop. Everywhere. Everybody I'm meeting is telling me about crop circles. They've been abducted. They're seeing lights over their farm. I'm hearing about, you know, I made, I had a client who was a police officer out there in Blair, and she tells me that she's got a filing cabinet full of files on nothing but cattle mutilations and crop circles. I'm like, I got to see this filing cabinet. Yeah. So she takes, you know, she, and oh my God, she's not kidding. I mean, and that's what I'm like, what the fuck is going on back here? You know, I mean, it, it just, it blew my mind because I had no idea that Nebraska was this saturated with phenomenon because I'm also hearing about, um, you know, things that go bump in the night and haunted houses. And I mean, it's like everybody's got, you know, got, I remember one time John and I were out with his best friend who lays bricks for a living. And, you know, we're having dinner with the guy, and I said, I made some crack to him about, you wouldn't understand my work. And you're a bricklayer, right? He goes, try me. And I told him, I said, I'm on K-Rock Radio. I said, da-da-da-da-da, right? He goes, oh. He says, I've been inducted a couple of times. And he starts telling me that is but I'm like, what the fuck is going on out here? What, what? It's like every other person in Nebraska having some weird phenomenon happening. What did you know? he say? What was his story? Um, well, Okay, when you go from Blair into Omaha, there's this long road. It's just one long road, okay? And he's telling me how he's been driving down that road, and all of a sudden, you know, he wakes up on a side road, his nose is bleeding, and four hours is missing. So he's recounting to me a lot of experiences where he's winding up where he doesn't know how he got there, and every time he wakes up, he's got a nosebleed and hours is missing. So what I did was, I mean, I started, like, really diving into this whole alien abduction thing a little bit. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I just start blowing up the phone, and I and I would bring on um, people like, um, like Travis Walton. I had him on the show. I had uh, uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren on. The, the, the Conjuring films are made on Ed and Lorraine Warren. I had them come on the show. Like you know, the movie? I, so I started Yeah, The Conjuring is based on the real cases of Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're demonologists and exorcists and they also do paranormal research. So I had them come on the show. And oh man, they got some tapes that'll blow your mind. They oh. they played me some tapes of their exorcisms and stuff. I mean, oh geez, they got some crazy shit. It's gotta be hard to watch. And, well, it was radio, but it's still, I mean, they had some tapes that were just mind-blowing. They had one where this woman was, like, going, you know, talking, it sounds like babble, but then when you play the tape backwards, it's in another language. But, it, I mean, how does the human voice do that? You know, just, you know, so I'm making friends with these people, but what I did was I started bringing on a lot of these UFO abductive people. What's the craziest story you think you heard when doing that? What? Just in general, just in general, yeah, yeah, like one that was that one that stuck out to you. Someone was explaining to you, and you're like, Jesus, you know what I mean? 
Sorry to put that on you, but you know what I mean? Well, I'm just, I hate to say they sounded pretty routine. Well, I'll give you the story briefly with Travis Walton. It's him and a bunch of other guys were like tree cutters in the forestry service. And so they're out in Snowflake, Arizona, cutting down trees, right? And they're getting, they're done for the day. They're driving away. And then all of a sudden they saw a light in the trees. And so they stopped, you know, to see what the hell the light was. And then all of a sudden, Travis wanted to see more. Like, what is that? So he ran out of the truck, and in front of these other guys, ran right up to it, under it. He got right under this UFO with the light shining down on the forest, okay? And it evidently shined some light on him and start, and he went limp. And that's when the guys in the truck freaked the fuck out, right? And then he starts... Um, levitating off the ground and that's when the guys in the truck said fuck this shit and they drove away initially they ran off i don't blame them god they were like oh my god get me out of here so they thought he was dead and they ran off and then you know they calm down a little bit and they go we really need to go back and see if he needs help so they went back and he was gone okay now they come back into town snowflakes a small town like many small towns and they're missing a guy so they have to tell you know, like the sheriff, he's gone. We don't know where he is. The UFO took him. You know, the sheriff thinks that they murdered him and they come up with this cockamamie story, right? And then five days later, um, there was a call outside of Snowflake somewhere, some small town. He got dumped, you know, miles away from the original site, naked, uh, hadn't shaved, hadn't eaten in five days. I mean, he was a pretty traumatized mess, as you can imagine, right? And they did make a movie out of it. Of course, they completely sensationalized the movie, but whatever. They made a movie out of it, and I can't remember it, but Christopher Walken was in the movie. Anyway, um, I got the information on the line, and I looked up Travis Walton in Snowflake, Arizona, and I called him up, and I said, talk to me. I need to know, is this bullshit or is this real, you know, that you were abducted? He's like, no, it's real. And I said, what did they look like? Did they look like blue lizard men, you know, and... And we talked, he was very nice to me. I'll give him that. I mean, he gets a strange call out of nowhere. He said there was a human on the ship with him. And I said, that's funny. Your movie didn't talk about a human. You know, he was the only one out of everyone that I talked to that said there was a a human-like person on the ship with him, like a Viking-looking person, like blonde, blue-eyed, and over like six feet. And I'm like, do you think it was a human? You know, he said kind of like a human, but kind of not. You know, I don't know how to take that, but he didn't know either, of course, right? And, you know, he told me about his thing, and I believe him. I mean, because I was, like, really grilling him, and he held up very well. So I believe him, thanked him for his time. Yeah. Because this, okay, this is one thing that bothered me, is that really starts hearing me, is in all the research that I'm doing, especially in Whitney Stryber's books, and he was going on television with this amazing story. He has a CAT scan, and he showed his CAT scan where there is an implant in his brain that is so deep in his brain that even the surgeons can't take it out, okay? How is that possible? How did this implant get in his brain that's so deep they can't even get it out, okay? so But Stryber... And all these people that I'm talking to are telling me that they cannot stop these experiences. And in his book, he talked about how he tried to gun, didn't work. He said how he tried to handcuff himself to the bed, didn't work. 
Okay, what I'm hearing is that if they're going to come get you, they're going to come get you. So what's what's a more um, traditional one? Just a quick. What do you what what you said? Uh, most of them are the same in their routine. What do you mean by that? Because I don't I don't know. Most of these people that are abducted, um, they just examine them. From what I can tell, they they take them in. They um, do what we would do on an animal in the wild. I mean, they tag them. They put an implant on them, right? Somewhere could be on the foot, could be in the brain where Whitney Stryver's got one. Someplace they're not going to remove it easily, right? Yeah. Then the, on top of the implant, um, they take skin samples, which is why the scar on the knee. A, lot, a big pattern with abductees is that there's a half-moon scar where they're removing skin samples from either their knee or their back shoulder. That seems to be where the common scars are from these skin samples that they take. Um, they take blood work. They take um, sexual fluids, semen, vaginal fluid, eggs. You know, they take eggs. They take semen. They, you know, they're taking samples, and and they're just monitoring them. From what I can tell, they're they're, you know, genetically monitoring. Like we would monitor animals in the wild. I mean, every time I see these animal shows, you know, they trank them, they implant them, they come back and monitor them. So that I get. But then this thing about that they they seem to go in bloodlines, you know, like the the mother, then the kid, then the grandkid, and that this has been going on generationally. Yeah, they follow the bloodlines. John even comes home, oh, my God, John comes home from work, and he goes, um, I'm going to take you to meet somebody. There's this woman at the local church, doesn't talk to a lot of people, but she says that she was used in the breeding program. Let's go meet her. Sure. You know, the I go meet this program. woman. The breeding program. Now, what the hell is going on with that? Well, a lot of people believe that on top of genetic monitoring, that they're also harvesting genetic material and breeding half-breeds, half-alien, half-human. Now, this is where we get into some really weird theories, folks, okay? Because yeah, I'm buckle trying... up. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. We're this is where we're getting into deep. some weird, weird theories, okay? But Ooh, first I had to go right, meet the go. alien. <clears throat> okay, but first we meet the alien baby lady, okay? And she starts telling me that, that the aliens were using her for breeding purposes and that she has alien babies. And, it, I mean, and I'm just like, Ugh. she's telling me of horrific experiences, which sound really horrific to me. She's telling me where she's being impregnated, and then they're taking babies out of her. And so she explain showed that. Can me. You, can you give me a, a story there? Like, what, the, what was well, the story? Well, she showed me pregnancy tests. Where and medical records. I mean, she was trying to convince me, and, and you know, and then where'd the baby go? She's telling me that around four to five months into the pregnancy, that they come and take the baby away from her, and that this has gone on like you know, I think she said they did it to her like six or seven times. That they have like six or seven of her babies that they had bred in her and then come and taken out of her. This is what I think the tie-in is with cattle mutilations and abductions because the cattle mutilations seem to always happen where the abduction is because they always take um, the cow's genitals in the cattle mutilation. And shock, to, to my shock, actually, the cow's reproductive system is very much like the human system. So I got this weird thing that, you know, maybe I think they're harvesting the cow's organs because it's part of what they're using because these women... When they take the babies, they don't wait till the babies are nine months old. It seems that they take the babies when they're like four or five months old in the womb. 
they're not even six months old yet, and they're 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 growing them somewhere the rest of the way. You know, it's it's like the clone, like we would do a cloning process, right? So I think that when they're when they're doing these cattle mutilations and taking these tissues, I think they're creating some kind of artificial womb to finish the growth process on the babies. And then you hear about this that when they're doing these abductions, they're taking semen and they're taking eggs. And then you hear about this hybrid thing where they're breeding half alien, half human things, right? You know? Oh, man, that is so insane. So how, so, and I don't want to keep you up here because I know it's late. Um, no, it's, it's fine. I mean, because I don't want to get into this again. And um, so, but then I met this lady that, um, um, you know, I get to know her because she's helping me put memory on my computer. And she said, would you like to see the pictures of my crop circles? <clears throat> I'm like, oh, my God, even my computer lady has got crop circles, right? You know? Yeah. So she's showing me um, – she got one of the farmers that does dusting to um, take pictures because I'm like, how did you get these pictures? And she said, one of the farmers who does dusting took them for me. So what? how big? How big are we talking? Her land was only an acre, so they weren't – you know, like the big, huge ones you see, like on the TV shows, right? I mean, they were just basic, kind of kind of circles, more like fairy circles, really, than the designs. But what was different about hers, I thought, really different about hers, was that she would have letters and words appear in her in her uh, crops. I guess you call it the grass. And I had I said, have you ever seen the crop circles made? She goes, yeah. And I go, really? I said, most people don't see them made. And she goes, oh, no. She said, the ships come in and out of the earth. I'm like, what? You know, she goes, they actually come in and out of the earth. I mean, I said, like, dimensionally? Into, like, into the earth. She goes, into the earth. Did she say anything about the ship? What does it look like? I mean, that's so interesting. How does it come out of the ground? You know what I mean? What the fuck is that? I know. I mean, all I know is, again, what she's telling me anecdotally. She's telling me just that the ships that are making the circles are coming in and out of the ground at night. That's all I, you know, I'm I'm only starting this conversation up with her. And then, um, you know, I ask her, I said, would you mind if somebody from MUFON came out and took samples? And, What's that? What's MUFON? Uh, MUFON is Mutual UFO Network, and they're a national network of the researchers that uh, do exactly that. I mean, they use the science to prove that there actually is something strange going on, and it's not what everybody's trying to say it is, you know? Anyway, so MUFON sent out these researchers to take samples, and I start getting more information on crop circles. And they start explaining to me that a true crop circle has differences. It's not, okay, the stalk is not just broken. But there's actually um, a genetic altering through radioactivity of the knobs where they're bent. You know, they give me this whole explanation of how the phenomenon of a crop circle and how you tell it from somebody who, say, just goes out at night and bends the grass, right? You said she showed you pictures of this? Of the crop circles, yeah. Did you see the pictures of of the letters? Yeah. I saw these crop, but her crop circles were kind of basic. They weren't like the ones that I see in the TV shows where they're all complicated and stuff. They were just like, I call them more like the fairy circles where you see like the inner circle and then the outer ring. They're kind of simple. 
so they were more like simple circles. And her and I are just getting to know each other. You know, we start talking. And, and then she starts telling me about this blue man who is kind of like half lizard, half man, who comes and visits her at night. And talks to her, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting weird, you know. And she starts telling me about um, this really fantastic story to me. Like, because I said, can you tell me, like, the first time this happened? She said that there, she had just seen, she claimed that she had just seen a UFO, like, go into the ground in her farm. And then she went back into her house, and then she said that she heard footsteps of him coming into the house. You know, she treated this like this was like her lover. I mean, I was really having to pry information out of her, and maybe that's what was going on. I don't know. I mean, because that's the impression that I got, is that I was trying to pry information out of her about a love affair that she really didn't want to open up about, you know? Anyway, but according to her, that these things would come in and out of her ground, that they would leave her messages, which there were words and letters and symbols on her land. Do you right? remember any of those words or symbols or messages? They wrote love once. Once they wrote love. I mean, just, you know, to me it seemed random. I don't know. Um, there was a heart shape one time, but it was a squiggly kind of a heart shape. Um and like I said, I saw the word love once. I saw E. I saw an F. What I kind of saw an was it just bold, like a bold love, like a L O V E, and in bold letters, or is it cursive? Or you know what it looked know? like to me? It looked like somebody had taken a big laser and from above and like tried to write it in the sky. The, the lettering was squiggly. Okay, the circles were perfect, but the lettering lettering, lettering was squiggly. Mm. You know, the symbols were weird. Weird symbols. I don't know what the symbols were. I don't know what they meant. Because, okay, according to her, this blue man liked her. So I think that there were these messages of love. You know what I mean? And then, because she said that this guy would actually come into the house, and she's, you know, telling me about this relationship with this blue man that she's had where he keeps coming to her at night and talking to her. And now, it took it took about six months. But then Gabby also started coming to me, telling me about this blue man visiting her at night. Now, I'm keeping her away from me. She's not hearing the radio show. She's not around my clients. So where she's getting this blue man from, I it's not me. It's not on television. We have no internet yet at this point, right? I don't know where she's getting this from. Now, in the beginning, then she started drawing him on, um, on the wall, I remember that uh, we came into her room because it was a two-bedroom house that John had. And I come into her room, and there's a drawing of, like, a blue kind of uh, mix between a lizard and a man. And I remember she'd, she'd uh, drawn really big teeth on this thing. And I'm like, what, what is that? You know? Now, she's still little. She's, she, you know, in 94, she's like maybe three, four, something like that. She just starts telling me, that's the blue man, Mommy, you know? I mean, I don't know what to make out of this. I'm just hearing references, okay, whatever, you know? She's not really that imaginative, though. She's not the kind to just make up fairies, you know what I mean? I waited till she was well over 18, and I didn't want to traumatize her, you know? And now she's almost 30. She's going to be 30 in March. And I said, now that you're an adult, tell me about 
these experiences, you know. And she said that this um, this this blue lizard-like humanoid would appear like out of a portal. She said it would just like be there, like, and she said it would come through a portal. And she said the thing that would terrify her is that he had really big, sharp teeth, like really big, massive teeth, and she was really scared of the teeth. But she said that the skin was so blue and like a lizard, but it was um, almost like metallic. She said it was kind of a bluish grayish, like a metal almost. And she said that's what she remembered the most about it, was that it was almost a metallic, shiny kind of skin on this, whatever this thing was that was visiting her, you know? Hmm. And she insists to me that this thing was real. Yeah, it's a weird story, but I'm following that away. And now the woman, this woman is, and oh my God, she really scared me. Just out of the clear blue. I mean, just one night she invites me out for, for dinner out to the farm, right? And she sits me down and she says, I have something to tell you. I'm like, okay. She said, I need to brace you that I think they're going to come for Gabby. He supposedly has told her that they're curious about my daughter and they're going to be coming to take her next. So um, that night, you know, I had candles, I had holy water. We had had the house blessed. I mean, I just, I dumped everything out of that house but the Bible and holy water, you know. And um, we waited. It was snowing because I do remember it was it was getting really close to Christmas time because it was snowing we had snow on the ground right and then it was about 10 o'clock at night I think when I told John I said let's just you know kid was asleep everything's been quiet and I said let's do a prayer and then go to bed you know so we said a prayer and then we started to go to bed and then we heard footsteps out right outside the house and the footsteps started circling the house going around. I mean it sounded it sounded like there was a grown man outside of our house who is now circling our house and I told John I said that's it we light the candle I started throwing the holy water around and we sat there and we prayed until the sun came up we prayed all night and I'm telling you until the sun came up I heard footsteps circling our house because yeah. we were terrified. We were we were so terrified, we did not look out the window. I don't know what was outside. I did not want to see it, okay? So we, we sat on that couch and prayed until the sun came up that night. And that's when the footsteps stopped. And then John and I got brave, you know, and we went outside and we looked and we expected to see footsteps. There were no footsteps in the snow. That's when him and I were going, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I mean, you know, Twilight Zone things on, right? I mean, what the hell had we been hearing all night, right? If somebody, if some man had been circling our house all night, you'd think there'd be footsteps in the snow, right? So we did, it wasn't like I hallucinated. He heard it too, you know? And that was it. That was it. Gabby never saw the blue man after that. That was the end of it. You know, but in the meantime, I'm still trying to protect my kid, you know, and um, wanting her to have like, a, that's one reason why I'm back there in Nebraska is I want her to have as normal of a childhood as possible. Yeah. You know, how's that working out? <laughs> this was that, this was the, uh, this was the, 
the 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 left turn episode. This was the very you know <laughs> we touched a lot of the heavy stuff, which is good. Whatever, man, it's there. Whoever, you know what I mean? It's information. <laughs> I like it. You know what I mean? Whatever people want to believe, I get it. And if you have a better reason, let me know. But as of now. <laughs> You know I don't what I even mean? know what I freaking believe either. Yeah, what the you know, hell? Who I knows? just know my kid doesn't see the blue man anymore. Yeah, I'm I mean, happy. And and the fact, like you said, that people are telling you the same story. It's kind of like one of those things. It's almost undeniable, but so unbelievable. It's hard for people to, you know, hard for anybody, really. But Now, granted, I've never been abducted, so I, I'm, I don't know. It's all abstract knowledge to me right now. You know what I mean? But for some people, it's on a gut level. It's just a different level of understanding. Yeah. And then... And John and I are going to this prophecy club meeting once a month where we're, you know, talking to more people from Nebraska that are claiming that they've been abducted. And I remember I went to a couple of these abductee meetings when I, they have one year in Vegas. You believe me, they do in Vegas with Area 51. They have like they had, to hear that. They had, they had, keyword, had abductee groups. Now, this is where we got into something else where I'm talking to the prophecy club people. And there's this guy that made another tape, um, and he has this tape with the Prophecy Club where he talks about how he became a Catholic priest so he could become a good Satanist. And then part of what he would do is that he would participate and aid the aliens in their breeding program, okay? And that this is how it gets really weird shit. He said if you talk to every person that has had an alien abduction experience, he said they will they will have a connection to the occult and to occult bloodlines. Well, this is okay. So while I'm at this prophecy club meeting, they made all these predictions. They ta- they actually warned us that there was going to be the World Trade Center, and they said World Trade Center, and they talked about how the government was going to do a Patriot Act, and they warned us that they were going to start using that to eavesdrop on phones. And I mean, so you know, we're talking back. In 94, 95, I'm having all these predictions made to me about what's going to happen through this prophecy club, right? Now, now I'm seeing it all happening. You know, I'm seeing the, the, the World Trade Center bombing. I'm seeing that they find that closet where AT&T has been tapping into all our phones. You know, I mean, so I'm like, oh, boy, this is all happening, you know? And then the guys up at the lecture board telling us this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. And you know what? Everything they've taught, it, it's happening. And and on that board, they said they will prepare us for a war with the aliens so that we will be fighting the aliens instead of each other. And that's how they're going to unite us to the one world government. And, I mean, I'm telling you, everything that they taught me in that room, I'm seeing come true. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm to the point, I'll be honest with you, I'm to the point where I'm thinking of becoming Jewish. I mean, just... <laughs> I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm thinking of becoming Jewish. I think everyone has a different light to it. I mean, I feel like I don't think it matters. You know what I mean? To me, it's like there's, there's good in all of it and there's bad in all of it. So it's kind of one of those things. Doesn't matter what flag you're throwing. It's matter what side. Well, of the, that's why you know I haven't I mean? done it because I know that there's just as many people involved in their church, you know, as Definitely, any other. Definitely, dude. Yeah, you, and that's another thing. They said that they'd have a pandemic where they'd shut everything down, and here we are. Lockstep. I mean, it's all happening. We're all. It's all a plan, obviously, because the plan is happening right in front of our eyes, man. And I mean, because that's you know that's what I said is that I think that we need to get these people to realize that to stop separating they they want us to separate the issues 
you know, we don't because we're on the same side. We're all getting, we're all getting this shit, you know? <laughs> and that's what I think that we need to start realizing you, is dude. that we're on one end, they're on the other, and we've got to start uniting. Yeah, fuck you know? them. That's what I'm saying. It's those motherfuckers at the end no, of I'm every bad story. People, and I go back to, you know, the Diary of Anne Frank, where people told their story. People talked. People got filmed. People got movies. People got witnesses. I mean, it seemed to be that, that the only thing that, that stopped it was people talking, which is why I'm, I'm going to keep talking. <laughs>